1. Prince Henry the Navigator Heroes of the Nations preface this volume aims at giving an account, based throughout upon original sources, of the progress of geographical knowledge and enterprise in Christendom throughout the Middle Ages, down to the middle or even the end of the 15th century, as well as a life of Prince Henry the Navigator, who brought this movement of European expansion within sight of its greatest successes. That island as explained in Chapter I it has been attempted to treat exploration as one continuous thread in the story of Christian Europe from the time of the conversion of the empire, and to treat the life of Prince Henry as the turning point, the central epoch in a development of many centuries, this life, accordingly, has been linked as closely as possible with what went before and prepared for it, one third of the text, at least, has been occupied with the history of the preparation of the earlier time and the difference between our account of the 11th and 15th century discovery, for instance, will be found to be chiefly one of less and greater detail. This difference depends, of course, on the prominence in the later time of a figure of extraordinary interest and force, who is the true hero in the drama of the geographical conquest of the outer world that starts from Western Christendom. The interest that centers round Henry is somewhat clouded by the dearth of complete knowledge of his life, but enough remains to make something of the picture of a hero, both of science and of action. Our subject, then, has been strictly historical, but the history in which a certain life, a certain biographical center, becomes more and more important, till from its completed achievement we get our best outlook upon the past progress of a thousand years, on this side, and upon the future progress of those generations which realize the next great victories of geographical advance. The series of maps which illustrate this account, give the same continuous view of the geographical development of Europe and Christendom down to the end of Prince Henry's age. These are, it is believed, the first English reproductions in any accessible form of several of the great charts of the Middle Ages, and taken together they will give, it is hoped, the best view of Western or Christian mapmaking before the time of Columbus that is to be found in any English book, outside the great historical atlases. In the same way the text of this volume, especially in the earlier chapters, tries to supply a want which is believed to exist of a connected account from the originals known to us, of the expansion of Europe through geographical enterprise, from the conversion of the empire to the period of those discoveries which mark most clearly the transition from the Middle Ages to the modern world. The chief authorities have been, for the introductory chapter, one Reynaud's account of the Arabic geographers and their theories in connection with the Greek. In his edition of the Balfina, Paris, 1848, to Sprenger's Massaudi, 1841, three a translated by Amiti Jobbart, for it but two title abridgment, translated by S. Lee, London, 1829, five a edited and translated by Rianog, six a Barunis, India, specially chapters I 1014, Sb, 1831, seven texts of Strabo and Ptolemy, eight Wapius Heinrich Deer Seeferer. Part 1, I4 Chapter I Early Christian Pilgrims, 1 Itinera and Descriptions Terry Sancti, Volumes, I and the I, published by the Société de l'Orient, Latin, Geneva, 1877 and 1885, which give the original texts of nearly all the Palestine Pilgrims' memoirs to the death of Bernard the Wise, to the publications of the Palestine Pilgrims' Text Society, 3 Thomas Wright's Early Travels in Palestine Bone, for Avizak's Requiel pour Serveral Historia de la Geographie, 5 Some, Recent German Studies on the Early Pilgrim Records, e.g. Gildemeister on Andinus of Placentia, II, 4 Chapter II, 
the Vikings, once Norosterlazons Heimskwin Glor Sagas of the Norse Kings, to Dozis Essays, 3 The, possibly spurious, Voyages of the Zenai, with the journey of Ivan Bardson, in the Hakrui Society's publications, III, 4 Chapter III, The Crusades and Land Travel, 1 Publication of the Palestine Pilgrims Text Society, to Avizak's edition of the originals in his Recuel Pour Several Historia de la Geographie, 3 Uli's Café and the Way Thither, 4 Uli's Marco Polo, 5 Benjamin of Tudor and others in, writes early travels in Palestine, 6 Uli's Friar Jordanus, 7 Sir John Mandeville's Travels, IV, 4 Chapter IV, Maritime Exploration, 1 The Marino Sanuto Map of 1306, to the Laurentian Portlano of 1351, 3 The Catlan Map of 1375 6, 4 Scattered Notices Collected in Early Chapters of R.H. Major's Prince Henry the Navigator, 5 Betancourt's Conquest of the Canaries Hackluy Society, Education Major, 6 Wapius Heinrich Dier Seetherer, Part 2, V4 Chapter V Geographical Science, 1 Mechams Tenatoris Rerum, to the 7 Chief Mathmons of the 14th and Early 15th Centuries, 3 The Leading Portolani, 4 Scattered Notices, e.g. from Gio de Provence, Bible, Brunetto Latini, Beccadelli of Palermo, collected in early chapters of Majors Henry the Navigator, 5 Wadverman's Henry the Navigator, VI, 4 Chapter VI, Portugal to 1400, 1 The Chronicle of Don John I, to Oliveira Martin's Sons of Don John I, 3 A Herculano's History of Portugal, 4 Osbornos de Expedmation e Lixbonancy, VII, 4 Chapter VII, Henry's Position in 1415, Azurara's Discovery and Conquest of Guinea, VII, 4 Chapter VII, Ceuta, 1 Azurara's Chronicle of the Conquest of Ceuta, 2 Azurara's Discovery of Guinea, IX, 4 Chapter IX, Henry's Settlement at Sagres, 1 Azurara's Guinea, 2 De Barros Asia, 3 Wadverman's Henry El Navigator at Lecole Portuguese de Sagres, X4 Chapter X Cape Bajander and the Azores, 1 Azurara's Guinea, 2 O Martin's Sons of Don John I's I, 4 Chapters I, Henry's Political Life, 1433-41, 1 Pina's Chronicle of King Edward, 2 O Martin's Sons of Don John I, 3 Azurara's Chronicle of John I, 4 Pina's Chronicle of Afonso VXII, 4 Chapter XII, From Boyadar to Cape Verde, 1 Azurara's Guinea, 2 De Barros, 3 Pina's Chronicle of Afonso V, 4 O Martin's Sons of Don John I 4 Chapters XII, To the End, 1 Azurara's Discovery and Conquest of Guinea, 2 Narratives of Kitamosto and Diego Gomez, 3 Pina's Chronicle of Afonso V, 4 Prince Henry's Charters, B3 Modern Lives of Prince Henry which I had chiefly consulted are, R.H. Major's Henry the Navigator, Wapius Heinrich Dier Seafarer, and Dewey's Sprinch Heinrich, with all Martin's lives of the infants of the House of Aveis and his sons of Don John I the maps and illustrations have been planned in a regular series. I as to the former, they are meant to show in an historical succession the course of geographical advance in Christendom down to the death of Prince Henry 1460, setting aside the Ptolemy, which represents the knowledge of the world at its height in the pre-Christian civilization, and the Adrisi which represents the Arabic followers of Ptolemy whose influence upon early Christian geography was very marked. All the maps reproduced belong to the science of the Christian ages and countries. The two mathmons above referred to are both placed in the introductory chapter, and are treated only as the most important examples of the science which the Greco-Roman Empire bequeathed to Christendom, but which between the 7th and 13th centuries was chiefly worked upon by the Arabs. Among early Christian maps, that of St. Sever, 
possibly of the 8th century, the Anglo-Saxon map of the 10th century, the Turin map of the 11th, and the Spanish map of the 12th-1109, represent very crude and simple types of sketches of the world, in which within a square or oblong surrounded by the ocean a few prominent features only, such as the main divisions of countries, are attempted. The Anglo-Saxon example, though greatly superior to the others given here, essentially belongs to this kind of work, where some little truth is preserved by a happy ignorance of the traveler's tales that came into fashion later, but where there is only the vaguest and most general knowledge of geographical facts. On the other hand, in the next group, to which the Salter map is allied, and in which the Hereford map is our best example, mythical learning drawn from books like Pliny, Solinus, St. Isidore, and Marchanus Capella, which collected stories of beasts and monsters, stones and men, divine, human, and natural marvels on the principal credo quia impossible has overpowered every other consideration, and a map of the world becomes a great picture book of curious objects, in which the very central and primary interest of geography is lost, but by the side of and almost at the same time as these specimens of geographical mythology, geographical science had taken a new start in the coast charts or portolani of Balearic and Italian seamen, some specimens of which form our next set of maps. Dulcert's Portlano of 1439 and the Laurentian of 1351 are two of the best examples of this kind of work, which gave us our first really accurate map of any part of the globe, but which for some time was entirely confined to coast drawing, and was meant to supply the practical wants of captains, pilots, and seamen. The Catlan Atlas of 1375-6 shows the Portlano type extended to a real map Monday. The elaborate carefulness and sumptuousness of this example prepares us for the still higher work of Andrea Biagco and of Benincasa in the 15th century, as the Laurentian Portlano of 1351 commemorates the voyage of 1341 and marks its discoveries in the Atlantic Islands. So the Catlan map of 1375-6 commemorates the Catlan voyage of 1346 and gives the best and most up-to-date picture of the N.W. African coast as it was known before Prince Henry's discoveries. Last of these groups of maps is that of examples from Henry's own age, such as the Fra Moro map of 1459 or the maps of Andrea Biagco and Benincasa e.g. 1436, 1448, 1468, among which the first named is the only one we have been able to give here. The Borgian map of 1450 is given as an extraordinary specimen of what could be done as late as 1450, not as an example of geographical progress, and the map of 1492, recording Portuguese discoveries down to the rounding of the Cape of Good Hope, is added to illustrate the advance of explorers in the years closely following Henry's death, as it was realized at the time. The maps have in most cases been set from the modern standpoint, but, as will readily be seen by the position of the names, the normal medieval setting was quite different, with the S or E at the top, II. The illustrations aim at giving portraits or pictures of the chief persons and places connected with the life of Prince Henry. There are three of the prince himself, one from the Paris Niz of Azurara, one from the gateway of the great convent church of Belem, one from the recumbent statue over his tomb at Batella, two others give, one the whole group of the royal tombs of Henry's house, of his father mother, and brothers in the Iraq Batella, and to the recumbent statues of his father and mother, John and Philippa, in detail, the exterior and general effect of the same church Portugal's Westminster, and the mausoleum of the navigator's own family of Aveis comes next, in a view of this greatest of Portuguese shrines, Coimbra University, 
with which his rector or chancellor or patron Prince Henry was so closely connected, for which he once provided house room, and in which his benefactions earned him the title of protector of the studies of Portugal, is given to illustrate his life as a student and a man of science. The Mother Church of the Order of Christ at Tomer may remind us of another side of his life as a military monk, grand master of an order of religious chivalry which at least professed to bind its members to a single life and which under his lead took an active part in the exploration and settlement of the African coasts and the Atlantic islands, the portraits of Columbus, Diegema, and Albuquerque, which conclude this set of illustrations, are given as portraits of three of Prince Henry's more or less conscious disciples and followers, of three men who did most to realize his schemes, the first of these, who out to Portuguese advance towards the south the suggestion of corresponding success in the west, and who found America by the western route to India, as Henry had planned nearly a century before to around Africa and reach Malabar by the eastern and southern way, was the nearest of the prince's successful imitators in time, the greatest in achievement, he was not a mere follower of the Portuguese initiative, for he struck out a new line or at least a neglected one, made the greatest of all geographical additions to human knowledge, and took the most daring plunge into the unknown that has ever been taken but Columbus. Beside his independent position and interest, was certainly on one side a disciple of Henry the Navigator, and drew much of his inspiration from the impulse that the prince had started. Diegema, the first who sailed direct from Lisbon to India round Africa, and Albuquerque, the maker, if not the founder, of the Portuguese Empire in the East, were simply the realizers of the vast ambitions that take their start from the work and life of Prince Henry and he has a right to claim them as two leading champions of his plans and policy. In many points Albuquerque, like Columbus, is more than a follower, but in the main outline of his achievement he follows upon the work of other men, and, among these men, of none so much as the hero of Portugal and of modern discovery. Lastly, I have to thank many friends generally for their constant kindness and readiness to assist in any way, and in particular several for the most generous and valuable help in certain parts. Mr. T. A. Archer, besides the benefit of his suggestions throughout, has given special aid in chapters III, B and the introductory chapter, especially where anything is said of the connection of geographical progress with the Crusades. Mr. F. York Powell has revised chapter II, on the Vikings, and Professor Margoliath has done the same for the introductory chapter on Greek and Arabic geography. Mr. Kute has not only given me every help in the math room of the British Museum, but has read the proofs of Chapter V. Mr. H. Uli Oldham in Chapter XVII, on the voyage of Kitamosto, and Mr. Priestage in Chapters VII, and IX, on Prince Henry's capture of Ceuta and settlement at Sagres, have been most kind in offering suggestions, for several hints full in Chapter I. The early Christian pilgrims I have also to thank Professor Sandy, and for revision of a great part of the proof sheets of the entire book, Mr. G. N. Richardson and the Ref. W. H. Hutton. As to the illustrations, of portraits and monuments, etc., I am especially obliged to the Vice-Chancellor of Oxford University Drive Boyd, who has allowed his watercolor paintings of Portuguese subjects to be reproduced, and to the Ref. R. Livingstone of Pembroke, and Sir John Hawkins of Oriel, for their loan of photographs, Prince Henry the Navigator, the Lusitanian Prince who, heaven inspired, to a love of full glory roused mankind, and in unbounded commerce mixed the world. Thompson, Seasons, Summer, 1010 Introduction, The Greek and Arabic Ideas of the World, A.S. The Chief Inheritance of the Christian Middle Ages in Geographical Knowledge, 
Arabic science constitutes one of the main links between the older learned world of the Greeks and Latins and the Europe of Henry the Navigator and of the Renaissance. In geography it adopted in the main the results of Ptolemy and Strabo, and many of the Muslim travelers and writers gained some additional hints from Indian, Persian, and Chinese knowledge, but, however much of fact they added to Greek cartography, they did not venture to correct its postulates. And what were these postulates? In part, they were the assumptions of modern draftsmen, but in some important details they differed. And first, as to agreement, three continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa, an encircling ocean, the Mediterranean, the Black Sea and Caspian, the Red Sea and Persian Gulf, the South Asiatic, and North and West European coasts were indicated with more or less precision in the science of the Antonines and even of Hannibal's age. Similarly, the Nile and Danube, Euphrates and Tigris, Indus and Ganges, Jaxartes and Oxus, Rhine and Ebro, Don and Volga, with the chief mountain ranges of Europe and Western Asia find themselves pretty much in their right places in Strabo's description, and are still better placed in the great chart of Ptolemy. The countries and nations from China to Spain are arranged in the order of modern knowledge, but the differences were fundamental also. Never was there a clearer outrunning of knowledge by theory, science by conjecture, than in Ptolemy's scheme of the world C.A.D. 130. His chief predecessors, Eratosthenes and Strabo, had left much blank space in their charts and had made many mistakes in detail, but they had caught the main features of the old world with fair accuracy. Ptolemy, in trying to fill up what he did not know from his inner consciousness, evolved a parody of those features, his map, from its intricate falsehood, backed as it was by the greatest name in geographical science, paralyzed all real enlargement of knowledge till men began to question, not only his facts, but his theories, and as all modern science, in fact, followed the progress of world knowledge, or, geography, we may see how important it was for this revolution to take place, for Ptolemy to be dethroned, the Arabs, commanding most of the centers of ancient learning Ptolemy's own Alexandria above all, riveted the pseudo-science of their predecessors on the learned world, along with the genuine knowledge which they handed down from the Greeks, in many details they corrected and amplified the Greek results but most of their geographical theories were mere reproductions of Ptolemy's, and to his mistakes they added wilder though less important confusions or inventions of their own. The result of all this, by the 10th century AD was a geography, based not on knowledge, but on ideas of symmetry. It was a scheme fit for the Arabian Nights. And how did Ptolemy lend himself to this? His chief mistakes were only two, but they were mistakes from which at any rate Strago and most of the Greek geographers are free. He made the Indian Ocean an inland sea, and he filled up the southern hemisphere with Africa, or the unknown Antarctic land in which he extended Africa. The Dark Continent, in his map, ran out on the one side to the southeast of China, and on the other to the indefinite west, though there was here no hint of America or an Atlantic continent. It was a triumph of learned imagination over humdrum research. Science under Hadrian was ambitious to have its world settled and known, it was not yet settled or fully known and so a great student constructed a melange of fact and fancy mainly based on a guesswork of imaginary astronomical reckonings. On the Far East, Ptolemy joined China and Africa, and on this imaginary western coast, fronting Malacca and further India, he placed various gratuitous towns and rivers, coming to smaller matters. He cut away the whole of the Indian peninsula proper, though preserving the further or golden chersomsus of the Malays, and he enlarged Taprobane, or Ceylon 
to double the size of Asia Minor. Thus the southern coast of Asia from Arabia to the Ganges ran almost due east, with a strait of sea coming through the modern Carnatic, between the continent and the Great Spice Island, which included most of the Deccan, the Persian Gulf, much greater on this map than the Black Sea, was made equal in length and breadth, the shape of the Caspian was, so to say, turned inside out and its length given as from east to west, instead of from north to south, while the coastline, even of the familiar Euxine, Aegean, and southern Mediterranean, was anything but true. Scandinavia was an island smaller than Ireland, Scotland represented a great eastern bend of Britain, with the Shetlands and Faroes Thule lying a short distance to the north, but on the left-hand side of the great island, the Sea of Azov, hardly inferior to the Euxine, stretched north halfway across Russia, all Central Africa and the great southern or Antarctic continent was described as pathless desert, a land uninhabitable from the heat, and the sources of the Nile were accounted for by the marshes and mountains of the moon. Footnote 8, rejecting the old idea of an encircling ocean as the girdle or limit of the known world, and replacing it with a new fancy of a bounded continent on all sides except the northwest a fancy which the vast extension of Roman dominion under the empire may have fostered. Thus all the problems of ancient geography were explained, where Ptolemy's knowledge failed him altogether. No western of that time had ever been, or was likely to go. The whole realized and in realized world was described with such clearness and consistency. Men thought, that what was lacking in Aristotle was now supplied. Yet it is worthwhile observing how, centuries before Ptolemy, in the ages nearer to Aristotle himself, the geography of Eratosthenes and Strabo, by a more balanced use of knowledge and by a greater restraint of fancy, had composed a far more reliable chart. Footnote 9, in using the expressions, chart, or, map, of Strabo's description CAD 20, it is not meant to imply that Strabo himself left more than a written description from which a plan was afterwards prepared, the world according to Strabo, the same applies to Eratosthenes CBC 200 and all pre-Ptolemaic Greek geographers, Ptolemy's Elis, probably, and the Pudinger table, more certainly, are maps really drawn by ancient designers, but these are the only ones that have survived from a much larger number. This earlier and discredited map avoided all the more serious perversions of Ptolemy. Africa was cut off at the limit of actual knowledge, about Cape Non on the west and Cape Gardafoy on the east, and the cinnamon-bearing coast, between these points, was fringed by the mountains of Ethiopia, where the Nile rose. This was the theory which revived on the decline of the Ptolemaic, and which encouraged the Portuguese sailors with hopes of a quick approach to India round Africa as the great eastern bend of the Guinea coast seemed to suggest. Further, on this pre-Ptolemaic map the southern ocean was left untouched by a supposed southern continent, and except for an undue shrinkage of the old world in general as an island in the midst of the vast surrounding ocean, a reliable description of western Asia and central Europe and North Africa was in the hands of the learned world 200 years before Christ. It is true that Strabo's China is cramped and cut short, that his Ceylon Taprobane is even larger than Ptolemy's, that Ireland Iran appears to the north of Britain, and that the Caspian joins the North Sea by a long and narrow channel, but the true shape of India, of the Persian Gulf and the Euxine, of the Sea of Azov and the Mediterranean, is marked rightly enough in general outline. This earlier chart has not the elaborate completeness of Ptolemy's, but it is free from his enormous errors, and it has all the advantage of science, however imperfect, over brilliant guessing, of course, even in Ptolemy. This guesswork pure and simple only comes in at intervals and does not so much affect the central and, for his day, 
far more important tracts of the old world, but we have yet to see how, in the medieval period and under Arabic imagination, all geography seemed likely to become an exercise of fancy. The chief Greek descriptions of the world, we must clearly remember, were before the medieval workers, Christian and Muslim. From the first, these men took their choice, and the point is that they, and specially the Arabs, chose with rare exceptions the last of these, the Ptolemaic system, because it was the more ambitious, symmetrical, and pretty. Let us trace for a moment the gradual development of this geographical mythology, starting with the notion of the world as a disc, or a ball, the center of the universe, round which moved six celestial circles, of the meridian, the equator, the ecliptic, the two tropics, and the horizon. The Arab philosophers on the side of the Earth's surface worked out a doctrine of a cupola or summit of the world, and on the side of the heavens a pseudoscience of the unwe or settings of the constellations, connected with the twelve pillars of the zodiac and the twenty-eight mansions of the moon. With Arabic astrology we are not here concerned, it is only worth noting in this connection as the possible source of early Christian knowledge of the Southern Cross and other stars famous in the story of exploration, such as Dante shows in the first canto of his Purgatorio. But the geographical doctrines of Islam, compounded from the Hebrew Pentateuch and the theoretical parts of Ptolemy, had a more immediate and reactionary effect on knowledge. The symmetrical Greek divisions of land into seven zones or climates, and of the world's surface, into three parts water and one part terra firma, the Indian fourfold arrangement of Romeland and the East, the similar fourfold Chinese partition of China, India, Persia, and Tartary, all these reappeared confusedly in Arabic geography from India and the Sanskrit, Lanka, they seem to have got their first start on the myth of Ajine, Aram, or Aram, the world's summit, from Ptolemy the sacred number of 360 degrees of longitude was certainly derived, beautifully corresponding to the days of the year, and neatly divided into a 180 of land or habitable earth and 180 of sea, or an harvest desert, with the seven climates they made correspond the great empires of the world chief among which they reckoned the Caliphate or Baghdad. China, Rome, Turkestan, and India, footnote 10, in which the habitable quarter of the world, situated mainly in the northern hemisphere, was just about twice as long as it was broad. The sacred city of Ajine had been the center of most of the earlier oriental systems, in the Arabic form of Aram, the cupola of the earth. It became the fixed point round which circled medieval theories of the world's shape. Somewhere in the Indian Ocean between Comorin and Madagascar, became the compromise when the mountain could not be found off any of the known coastlines, it was mixed up with notions of the rock, and the moon mountains in Africa, of the magnet island and of the eastern kingdom made out of one vast pearl, and even in Roger Bacon it serves as an algebraic sign for a mathematical center of the world, the enlargement of knowledge, though forcing upon Arabic science a conviction of Ptolemy's mistake in overextending the limits of the world known to him only led to the invention of a scholastic distinction between the real and the traditional East and West, while the confusion was made perfect by the travestied history always so popular among Orientals. The gods of Alexander and Hercules, the farthest points East and West, were named after the mythical conquests of the real Iskander and the mythical hero of Greeks and Phoenicians, Aram in the middle, with the pillars of Hercules and Alexander and the north and south poles at equal distance from it the center and the four corners of the world as neatly fixed as geometry could define this was the map, first of the Arabs, and then of their Christian scholars, to form any idea of the complete spell thus cast over thought both in Islam and Christendom.
we may look at the words of European scholars of the 12th and 13th centuries, living far from Islam, long after its intellectual glory had begun to decay, and at a time when Christian scholastic philosophy had reached an independent position. Gerard of Cremona and Adlard of Bath the translator of the great Arabic geographer, Mohammed al-Kharismi in the 12th century, Roger Bacon and Albertus Magnus in the later 13th, are all as clear about their geographical postulates as about their theological or ethical rules, and what concerns us here is that they exactly reflect the mind of the Arabic science or pseudo-science of the time just preceding, so that their words may represent to us the state of Mohammedan thought between the 8th and 12th centuries between the writers at the court of Caliph al-Mamun 813-833 and Idrisi at the court of King Roger of Sicily 1150. 1. Adlard, summarizing Mohammed al-Kharismi with the results of his Paris education, tells us of the Arabic examination of planets and of time, starting from the center of the world, called Aram, from which place to the four ends of the earth the distance is equal, viz. 90 degrees, answering to the fourth part of the world's circumference. It is tedious and inending to attempt to place all the countries of the world and to fix all the marks of time. So the meridian is taken as the measure of the latter and Aram of the former. And from this starting point it is not hard to fix other countries. Aram, he concludes, is under the equator, at the point where there is no latitude. And he plainly implies that there were then existing among the Arabs tables calculating all the chief places of every country from the meridian of Aram. To Gerard of Cremona, who though for some time a resident at Toledo, is essentially an Italian, tells us about the middle of the world, from which longitudes were calculated, called Aram, and said to be in India, whose longitude from west to east or from east to west is 90 degrees. In his theory of the planets Gerard tells us still more wonderful things. Aram was a geographical center known and used by Hermes Trismegistus and by Ptolemy as well as by the great Arab geographers, Alexander of Macedon marched just as far to the east of Aram as Hercules to the west, both reached the encircling ocean, and accordingly, Aram is equidistant from both the Gads, 90 degrees, likewise from each pole, north and south, the same, 90 degrees, this all recurs in the tables of Alfonso the Wise of Castile about AD 1260, and two of the greatest of medieval thinkers, Albert and Roger Bacon, reproduced the essential points of this doctrine, its false symmetry, and its balance of the true and the traditional, with variations of their own. 3. Albert the Great, Albertus Magnus, second only to Aquinas among the continental schoolmen, in his view of astronomy, repeats Adlard upon the question of Aram, where there is no latitude, while for Roger Bacon, 